Hello, friends, and welcome once more to a happy Monday Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. Yet again, Ipswich Town won at the weekend. It's getting a, becoming a trend, isn't it? Mark Heath here with the young guns. We rotate the squad again. Roscoe, fresh off the bench, forced to take time off last week. AJ, uh, an ever-present. And Stu is now on rotation. He has the week off this week, building up, getting mentally prepared for next week in the build-up to the derby, which is going to be madness. Lots to look forward to, of course, boys. Rossi, first of all, how was your week off? May I say you're sporting a rather fetching Ipswich Town hooded top this morning? Yeah, if you want to see us, um, subscribe um, for the uh, the video version to see our lovely faces and all that. Um, but yeah, just uh, just I just put it on. Just you know, sometimes I just go into the the wardrobe and just go, yep, yeah, put that on today. So it's a nice um, Ipswich Town grey hoodie just to rep. You know the football club because um you know I'm a big town fan so you know why not it's comfy it's very comfy so yeah it's a nice bit of club how was your week off Ross I I told the people uh, last week I think it was just me and Stu we only one show last week because of time off and um, the Wednesday games are a bit of a pain in the ass in terms of logistics because it uh, it means days off go out the window and we don't have enough people on the Thursday generally to record a pod anyway last week when me and Stu were talking Ross I explained to the people that um it's quite difficult to get you to take time off mm-hmm. um. You, you book time off and either forget about it or then say, actually, I don't need that. Um, and in the end, I actually forced you not to go to the game on Wednesday. Um, you were meant to be travelling to Ireland, weren't you? That got scrapped. And then you said, I might as well go on Wednesday. And I said, Ross, please have some time off, man. Spend some time with your fiance. So uh, what did you do? Uh, we, we just chilled, basically. Um, we went to London and just... Um... Just yeah, I just drank a lot of lot of beer and had a nice meal, so uh, that was nice. But yeah, I just don't like taking time off when I'm not got much plans. Obviously, I was going to be in Ireland, you know, Dublin again, mm. um, but that that was scrapped for for reasons you may have seen. Won't go into that. Um, but yeah, uh, it was still nice though, nice refreshing. I still you know was trying to keep up to date with stuff if um, if I knew something was dropping, blah blah blah. But uh, but yeah, I, mean, I'm, I feel refreshed though. Ready for this Good. big December because a lot of big a massive, a massive December, the Christmas crunch. Uh, Rossi, the hardest working man in Ipswich Town content provision, I would say. Um, very rare that you go a day without logging on, isn't it, Rossi? Even when you're off, and I appreciate that effort. Someone's also high on effort, high on quality. The boy AJ Alex Jones, the new 23 year old. How are you, my friend? How's was, 23 treating you? I was so sure you were going to set up by saying. And you're going to tee him with being Stu or your, yourself or something there. I, I could just sense you were going to do something. Um, yeah, I'm good. 23 is a, a weird age. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I'm really worried you're going to shout expletives at me. Um, 23 is a weird age. What does that mean? I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not going to say. I'm, no, no. I'm scared. I'm scared. People listening. Uh, every time I mention anything to do with my age, Mark gets very, very, very potentially slightly irrationally angry. Um, lots of very shouty words in the chat or, I don't know, I'm, I'm worried he might like turn up outside of my house or something one day. Um, yeah, other than that, all good, apart from trying to have a few battles with the Wi-Fi. So if anyone sees me vanishing into the ether on uh, the video or anything like that, that would be why. Mm, yeah, we've had a couple of Wi-Fi issues already this morning. So if, if one of, or all of us suddenly freeze friends that's probably what's happened uh right then friends obviously it's just town one at the weekend two one keeping the the good times rolling we said that 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 loss against west brom would quickly be forgotten if they got six points from two portland road home games and that's indeed what they did played some very sexy football and of course there's only one place that we can start today's football discussion and it goes a little bit like this if you don't mind me saying friends little theme christmas is coming turkey's getting fat wes burns has just scored an absolute belter so what do we make of that? Should we start there, friends? Um, now then, clearly lots of lots of chats we had around Wesburn's goal. Um, shall we hear first of all, though, from our, our Lord and Saviour, given it's Christmas, Kieran McKenna? Um, yeah, look, I think it was it was probably probably my favourite goal since I got here, to be honest. And not not just to finish, to finish is is world class. You're not going to find a better outside the foot finish anywhere in the world this year, probably. Um, incredible finishing technique from Wes, but the 
the the move that led to it as well for me. I, I could see every bit of us in the in the way the players were thinking, the way the players were moving, waiting for you know connecting, connecting deep areas, waiting for the exact right moment to recognise when the extra player came to the press to then find the release pass to the opposite side and and they executed it so well. So for me, that's. You know, when when Connor finds that switch of play, that's that's a third of a goal for me anyway, because you know we've we've executed an important part of our process really really well, and then you you saw the gear change from the team, the way that we then accelerate, you know, players breaking through the pitch, speed of the move goes up, runners on the top line, good decision to come back again, runners on the top line, switch of play to the width, overlapping run, that frees up the space, and then again a world class finish. So yeah, for me, um, top top goal as a team and individually and uh, certainly one of my favourites. You just said you've hammered him for not using his <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny one really. We've been talking about that since, since I started working with Wes because he um, he's got a really good left foot and, uh, you know, we're always encouraging him to use it more for in-swing and crosses or when he comes inside the pitch to shoot, but he, he likes shooting off the outside of his, his right foot. Um, so we're usually telling him to use his left and I think... Uh, I might tell him if he has a hundred shots from there, he might score, you know, more if he used his left. But I don't think he would have had a more beautiful finish than uh, than that was going to be. Right. Clearly, you know, there's, there's a wider conversation to be had here around the goal and where it sits in the pantheon of great town goals. We'll get onto that shortly. But first of all, boys, I want you to take me into your seat on Saturday when it happened. Um, AJ, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. The etiquette, very much in the press box, is that you do not celebrate anything. Um, is it? You don't show, yeah, oh. it very much is, friend. You don't show any partisanship either way. Um, and I guess you'd probably be uh, allowed a little clap for a goal of this quality. I know uh, Hutchie, when Selena scored the goal, which we'll come on to shortly, two years ago, he uh, afforded himself a little fist pump, and a, that is outrageous. Um, so take me into it. First of all, did you see it, Alex? Because I know a lot of the time you and Stuart like head down, typing stuff and updating various bits. So did you see it? And what was your reaction? I did see it as I kind of, well, the bit that drew the attention was the ball over the top from, well, the crossfield ball from Leif Davis, which got him his ninth assist of the season, which I think is pretty outrageous. Um, That was when your head goes up. And from there, I mean, well, see the video of the goal but everything that happened was just absolutely superb the movement the little cut inside um i think i said this at the time when i saw the shot being taken i was so certain it just flown about that far wide it just looked like it had gone about an inch or two past the post i was so so certain of it um and when i heard the noise i was really really confused um maybe that took the shine off it a little bit and then it actually dawned on me oh my god he's actually scored that um yeah, I probably am one for celebrating goals, maybe a little bit more than Stu. Uh, Stu sometimes has a, oh, my words kind of thing. I might maybe do a, like that, if it's just a normal goal or I think with that one and maybe the, well, I mean, we talk about good goals. The Jack Taylor one was another one, um, mm. but well, both of them where you go, maybe something a little bit louder, uh, but that was just outrageous yeah um and a nice view of it as well because we were obviously sat um on the the right side there so you just get the angle kind of just behind them as well you, that's where you can really see the swerve on that shot yeah so was there much of a reaction in the press box was there people reacting yeah i think weirdly maybe a little bit more than usual not like anything outrageous i feel like mm. when it's been some of jack taylor's goals that's where you see people going a little bit more crazy those long-range screamers where where, again maybe not crazy maybe maybe that's just me i'd assume it probably is uh but this was one of those where and i think you can maybe see it from the supporters as well i think the biggest reaction came when they saw it on the screen there's a nice clip on twitter where it gets replayed and as it gets you see the shot everyone goes ooh, collectively um yeah i think we all knew how good it was well, we could all see it was an incredible goal at the time. Maybe not how good it was until you see the replays, uh, but definitely the swerve on that shot. Outrageous. Yeah. Rossi, where were you on the pitch? Where did you see it from? Did you see it? 
I was on the side. Um, so, yeah, of course, good old Steve Waller. Um, mm. One of our photographers, of course, got that nice picture of him. Um, so I was more on the side of it. So he got a better like, angle of it. Um, but I did a rookie move. Um, I saw I was just, you know, putting some photos in the system. So I took my gloves off. And when I was putting my gloves back on, I looked up and then Wes Burns hit it. So I didn't really see it, you know, originally really in terms of how he hit it. Of yeah. course, I then looked up and looked at the screen and went, oh, shit. <laughs> that was a good goal and I've just missed it um, but yeah that was just uh, what what a goal just yeah just the, the what, build up and everything yeah I mean we'll, we'll come on to that in, in due course what are we calling it first of all I mean technically I think it's called a Traveller isn't it um, I know they, they refer to it as a banana shot I was seeing uh, from some of our followers in, in Australia um, I put a few suggestions out there on, on KOA social I think Curlgasm was the, was the popular choice i saw someone else call it a curletto which i quite liked i also enjoyed a swerve bastard um one of those it's 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 the sort of goal that i used to try and score on the playground boys when you used to have those sponge balls you know you could get real good curl on them um with the outside of the foot um what a goal rossi shall we shall we relive it because you i know we've got the video um i think what adds the special sprinkles on top is uh obviously the build-up as a standalone piece of skill, it's clearly tremendous. But it's this build-up, isn't it, boys? I think I'm right in saying it's 13 passes before the goal. This is the, the baiting of the press. And there's this beautiful switch, isn't there, from, there we go, Connor Chaplin, yeah. cross-field. And then I've got to say, I think I think uh, we know that Leif Davis is an assist machine, but I think he's a bit jammy to get an assist for this. Oh, you, can, you can't. I, I'm not sure. It's a nice ball, but it's, it's, a, good ball, yeah, it's but, a little bit well, early, isn't it? When you look at all the work that Wes look does at that, though, for that. The, the technique on that, boys. I mean, Ross, no doubt you'll be trying to re- replicate this. Yeah, playing, playing outside tonight. So Yeah, uh, so you'll be, everyone will be trying to do this later on. Yeah, yeah. But it's the, the way he strikes it. And he's actually had, just before this, hasn't he? He's had a, he's had a, a sighter where yeah. he's, um, he's tried something similar um, and, and not gone too far away. What a goal that is, boys. Um, now, first of all, Alex, the obvious question is, Town has scored some absolute belters already this season. So the first question is, is this Town's goal of the season so far? I know you're going to write something about that today, um, but so you can give people an exclusive insight. A, what are the other contenders? And B, what do you reckon goal of the season-wise? Um, other contenders, I was actually having a look at the last maybe five games, take aside the West Brom one for fairly obvious reasons. Um, Town have been scoring some unbelievable goals. You look at Morsey against Rotherham, for example. Mm-hmm. You look at Taylor against Swansea, which was the game after that. You then have, I'd probably have maybe the Luongo goal against Millwall from midweek was a really nice move. That one's in there. Um, and that's only just from the last few games. So it's it's competitive and narrowing it down something, I don't know what exact number I'll do, even something like five is going to be really, really tricky. Um, is it the best one? So far this season, I'd probably go as far as saying it would maybe be top three in the league so far this season. Um, there have been some absolutely bonkers goals in the championship in the last few weeks, but I mean, look at how viral it went for a reason. I think it's just you, you look at some of the goals, one that stands out for me is um, I think it might have weirdly been Andre Dezel scored an absolutely bonkers yeah. one for QPR at Middlesbrough a while back and mm. it's goals like that, that that do stand out but I think we'll add a little bit more to this as we've kind of touched on is the fact that it is an unbelievable little switch move shot from Wes um, but it's the build up and we've seen goals that Town have scored that have been praised either A for the finish or B for the move and the build up that comes before that but this is one where you've combined the two and it's really hard to look past it mm. How about you, Rossi? Where does it where does it sit? If we're saying that's town's goal of the season so far, which I don't, I mean, there have been unusually there've been a lot of contenders already, yeah. um, but I think that the the build up makes it. I think the goal of the season so far for town. Where does it sit? Because a lot of people, including I know our friends over on on the Blue Monday podcast, have said it's the best goal that Ipswich Town have ever scored, which is a big shout. Um, and I think there's always in these kind of things the recency bias because it's just happened. You give it kind of elevated status. And it's hard because we've seen thousands of goals, haven't we, over the course of our lives. It's hard to recall individual goals and still you start going back and, and watching them. But where, where does it stand for the best goals that, that you've seen town score and maybe the best goals full stop you've ever seen? Yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, I sometimes 
put them in categories like importance of the goal, mm. you know, build up, you know, like me, I like a fond the bastard. I just love someone just hitting the ball outside the box and just, you know, hitting the top bins. Just, yeah, just those sort of goals I love to see. Um, but yeah, this one, just everything about it, as we said, you know, the build up. Kieran McKenna just loves that. He's, he's mm. probably just watching what they've been working on at the training all week and going, there we go. The boys have done it. They've just done basically, you know, what they've been drilling all week, all month, all year. And they score that unbelievable goal. And yeah, West Burns, of course, he had to, I think he had to, he had to work hard for that though himself, you know, individually, you know, in terms of swelling the defender and then hitting that. For him to even just attempt that sort of shot, it's just because yeah, you know, that could have gone anywhere. That mm. could have gone, not gone, gone out for a throw-in if he hit it wrong. But thankfully, it's gone into the you know top corner and you know happy days. But um, it's definitely up there for me because of the build-up. Because I wasn't there for the Selena goal. I wasn't yeah. there. I missed that. You're not. Were you not? No, I wasn't on a there. day off. Yeah, I was ill. I was, I was definitely ill. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the other conversation, isn't it? The immediate conversation. We we, we had the two-year anniversary of the Selena goal last week, which I think most people would say was, is up there for one of the best goals at Portman Road and one of the best goals town have ever scored. We, we've got that as well, haven't we, Rossi? So should we just have a, a little look at that? Um, Alex, obviously, you weren't around at this time. Um, there's the I'm first not that part. young. No, but you weren't covering Ipswich Town, is what I'm saying. Um now, clearly, for me, what makes this goal is the first touch, the way he kills it stone dead out of the sky and then in one move manages to play again, Rossi. Let's see it again. Obviously, this is a bit more route one. Stone dead. And the keeper's inside the six-yard box. You shouldn't be able to chip him from there, but he has done it. I mean, that is a, an incredible bit of skill. But I think when you compare the two together, can we can we see the Burns goal again, Rossi? It's the... It's the um, this is Selena. Let's see. Let's see Burns. It's it's the build up, isn't it? I think which adds the extra, mm. the extra special sauce on, on this one. So I think I'm going to say that this one, the Burns goal is better, because you've got the team element to it as well as as well as the outrageous individual skill. It starts and, from Vaz in goal. It's just you know, it's it crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but this is this is the sort of goal that Town score, isn't it? This kind of team build up, breaking the press, these big switching of play. And then some outrageous skill at the end. And, and AJ, you spoke to George Hurst in your after the game, and he said that mm-hmm. he does this in training. Where's Burns? Yeah, apparently he's he's pulled this off in training a few times. None of them quite as good as this one. Um, this, for context, is George Hurst's goal of the season so far. And if you yeah. go read the the bit that's up on the site now, you will see quite an in depth analysis actually from uh, Hurst in terms of him talking through the goal and how difficult it is to pull off this skill. Apparently, something that he says that a lot of people don't realise how hard it is. Which I mean, if it's harder than it looks, then blimey, I fair play with <laughs> Um Yeah, I just think as you kind of touched on this, it's the fact that you have the two elements combined. It's the fact mm. that there, there is this build-up and it's the build-up side that we've seen so much from town. A lot of the time it's death by a thousand passes and they just mm. cut through teams. And then, to be honest, a lot of the time the finish is often quite a simple one for town. Um, this is where they've combined it into something different. Um, that's what I really think makes it just so unique. Mm. I mean, what I would say, Ross, you say there about the old, th- the classic Thunder Bastard, which everyone loves a long range streamer, don't they? But you do see them quite a lot. Yeah. I don't think you'll see this sort of goal again, probably this season, not for not for a long time, yeah. um, which for me makes it that touch more special. I mean, in terms of best town goals, Rossi, what would you say? There's um, at Portman Road, obviously, there was the goal against town, the Leighton Baines mm-hmm. ultimate Thunder Bastard. Um, we saw Fanini George's chip, didn't we, against uh, Sunderland? There's Cresswell against um, Palace. Palace. Yeah. And I know back in the day there was that goal from Paul Mariner, wasn't there, against West Brom, where he basically ran half the length of the pitch and, and absolutely thwacked That's it into the top well. corner. Yeah, absolutely yeah. mental. So there've been some. I mean, clearly there's been some some great goals scored in Ipswich Town history, and only you can decide really where this sits, friends. But um, I think it's going to have to be. Right up there. Just out of interest, boys, taking town out of it. What, what do you reckon is the best goal you've ever seen in football? Are we talking like live or are we talking just... I mean, well, however, I think it's how, I'd say... Huh? I think it's got to be live because you're there. Like Because once again, you can watch... You can just watch it all on YouTube now, like the best goals yeah. ever scored in football history. Um, and there's loads of debates mm-hmm. on different ones because there's, there's an award, isn't it? The Puska, Puskas Award, isn't it, for the best goal? Will Wes be in contention? Yeah, for, for should the be. Best award. What about what about the best goals you've ever scored? You've ever seen, then, boys? Um, 
my mind goes back to the likes of was it Trevor Sinclair, the overhead kick for West Ham from outside the box. That was pretty special. My favourite is Ronaldinho's. Um, I can't remember who's against for Barcelona. Obviously, I think it might have been Villarreal, where the the, the cross oh, comes across. Yeah. He's in the, inside the area and he takes it on his chest and, the and, and rotates 180 in one move and then overhead kicks it over the keeper. The athleticism required to do that and body control, just absolutely obscene. So I think that'd be up. He did some crazy things, didn't he, Ronaldinho? Passing the ball off his back and all that kind of stuff. Um, that would probably be up there for me. What, what about you boys? I feel like football's changed a bit in the sense that if you go back and watch maybe like those Premier League goals of the season videos from, I don't know, 2009, 10, around that mm. time, it's all these kind of teams and players that are just taking aim from like 30 yards out angles that are really ridiculous just smacking it in off the crossbar like does anyone remember her um Cissé against Chelsea away for example bits like that um the late great Sheikh Teote for example I remember scored an absolute screamer I'm really going down a Newcastle route here for some reason um <laughs> different times Ronaldinho another player that maybe in terms of his style again you don't have anyone at all like that these days and haven't done for quite a long time just because there were so many different elements to his game in terms of the skill and flair um live i don't know really there's a few that would stand out the one i've always said was i saw kevin de bruyne do a real curling thunder bastard um away at newcastle just took myself up there for the day for some reason when i was studying at lincoln um that was a two-all draw newcastle against man city that was a a real one that stood out for me which probably again i'm not gonna have mark screaming about uh (laughs) the age thing again um and then other than that, as Ross kind of touched on, the importance thing, I've seen quite a few, mainly for um, Cambridge, the goal that took them up. Um, well, they ended up winning that game 3-0, but there was a couple of good ones in there. And as well, not a good goal at all. And again, with Newcastle, uh, Cambridge beat Newcastle in the FA Cup. Uh, third round, how long ago would that have been now? Three three years ago? Blimey, two, three years? Yeah. Um, that was a real standout one just in terms of what it meant for everyone in terms of the away end in terms of the significance in terms of the fact they then went on to beat at the time the the richest club in the world what about you rossi i think just throw a few more into the mix you you mentioned the 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 ball hitting the crossbar that adds an extra element of chef's kiss i think to a a long-range shot tony yaboa obviously was the absolute master of that back in the day and also i guess you a lot of people would say that david beckham um, against Wimbledon from the halfway line. That is a beautiful goal if you watch that. Absolutely incredible vision and then the ability to pull it off as well. What's the, what's the best for you, Rossi? Uh, for some reason, there's one that stands out and it's um, from the... Well, of course, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't there live, obviously, but mm. um, you know, the Robin Van Persie header yeah. in the World Cup yeah. where he just sort of like... Just, and it's just... It's mad. Like, it's mad for him. Like, some player, like... For them to even like attempt those sort of things is just madness. Like, what if that doesn't work? And you're like, you're basically, you know, on your face, like going, "Fuck, I've just embarrassed <laughs> myself in front of a whole crowd and live cameras and stuff." Um, like the Burkamp goal for Arsenal. Oh, the um, one where he flicked it round the other way. Yeah, yeah. And he's gone the other way around him. Yeah, that was uh, against Newcastle, wasn't it? That was an unbelievable goal. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but go back to it, which, you know, there's, as I said, the importance of goals, like, go back to Porton Road, actually. Fine enough, actually, it was, it was played in the press room before the game. Um, Pablo Canago's late winner against Coventry, where yeah. Coventry scored, a, like, a, an equaliser in, like, the 94th minute or whatever. And then from the halfway up, from the kickoff, we go and score. And that's actually a great build-up as well, actually, part of that. It's actually a really good build-up. So, um I'm, I'm more a fan of that, really, the importance of a goal, because that was like, yeah, 96-minute winner, and mm. a lot of people left at that stage. I was in that uh, away end, uh, not away end, the, the uh, North Stand, and you know, I, we stayed, me and my mate and his dad stayed, because we knew, you know, we just, it, it wasn't over yet, it's not over yet. Um, but yeah, there's been loads of cracking goals through the, the history of football, into, and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to recreating the Wes Burns goal uh, at Gold's Itchwich Town Centre tonight. So bring it on. I you can't brush um, past the bicycle kicks, of course. I don't mm. think there's always there's a certain element within those 
throw three very quick ones out there. Wayne Rooney, Man United. Ah, shit. The obvious it's shit. one. It's shit. Oh, Why is it, this, um, is, this is interesting. Like, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a bicycle kick. I'll call that an overhead kick. A bicycle kick okay. to me is kind of is side, Paolo yeah. Di Canio. Yeah, you kind of you, you do the the scissors as you jump. That's a athletic kick. goals. Then, if we go down that yeah. route, the other one <clears> that stood out to me. Um, as we all remember Ibrahimovic against England, that was unbelievable. Mm. I know that it's kind of one of those where the ball comes out to him, goalkeeper's off his line, but to even attempt that, even at 3-2 up in a very strange, meaningless game, fantastic. Um, um, maybe a little bit more recently, we've all seen the Garnacho one from the other week against Everton. Yeah, that was Lovely. that was all right, wasn't it? Not bad. Um, okay. Fine, yeah. <laughs> Wes Burns would definitely be up there, I think, though. When you look at, of the piece, the best goal scored this season around the world, I think... Burns have to be up there um, without my usual hyperbole on that. Right, friends, we've spent 20 minutes or so talking about the West Burns goal, which hopefully um, gives it its just just due uh, in terms of the quality of it and how much people will talk about it. But now should we shift back to the actual game? Because um, Ipswich Town played really well midweek, got that win. Um, and then we, we said it was important they, they followed it up and had another win against Coventry. A Coventry side actually who were enjoying a little mini resurgence under Mark Robbins. Um, but they came out fast, AJ Town, mm-hmm. got an early goal. This is what we're kind of used to seeing um, before they, they start shipping the early goals. Um, George Hurst scoring. Should we hear about Kira, from Kieran McKenna, first of all, about, about the first half? Because it, it was a hell of a showing, wasn't it? What do you make of the performance as a, as a whole today? Uh, another early goal, um, but a, a game where Coventry sort of caused some problems at different stages through the game. I thought we were outstanding. I have to say, I thought we were outstanding. I think it can't, we can't underestimate how hard it is to win a game in this division against a team of that quality. Just because we've done it quite regularly, we've done it regularly. It, it was, I thought first half we were outstanding. I loved our intensity off the ball. Um, our pressing from the front was really, really good. It was hard. Um, Coventry changed how they have been playing. Played more more midfielders, more bodies inside the pitch. The pressure was hard, but we we did really, really well with it. Um, I really liked our work on the ball. We were excellent in terms of like like for the second goal, but right the way through the game in, in the first sorry, right in the first half, especially the the control whenever they didn't jump and they left us a spare man and then the execution to go through the gears whenever they did jump um, and left us a spare man higher up the pitch was really, really good. Created good chances and were good value for a 2 0 lead at half time, which again to be playing against Coventry after having had a midweek game as well. Um was outstanding effort. Okay, Alex, you want to kick us off then? Um with your thoughts on the game as a whole. Yeah, I thought that this was another just weirdly comfortable yet impressive game. And it was a little bit strange in a sense that you could tell that commentary are a a good team, maybe one that's in a little bit of a transition, mm. um, but aside a, a bit better than Millwall in different ways and a bit further along with their consistency. Um, I think it's one where maybe the chances and the, the finishing weren't quite on the same level as we've seen in previous weeks in terms of town of cut teams to ribbons. At some games, you look at the whole game, you look at the Millwall game, the first half, if town wanted to, that could have been five six plus mm. this wasn't one of those um and i think that you probably then got to look at coventry more than anything in a sense that they their setup probably caught town by surprise a little bit and they a were, were good defensively and b managed to exploit certain areas where i think other teams haven't necessarily done that as much uh portman road especially in the last few weeks um that's when you just get caught out by quality and that's where the gap showed you look at the first goal um, unbelievable through ball from mm. uh, Nathan Broadhead to play and George Hurst. Um, Hurst's spoken a bit about wanting to be more of a physical striker because he's absolutely colossal and he needs to use that height and physicality a bit more. Shrugs off the defender, really nice finish. Um, we're not going to talk about the second goal anymore, but again, it shows that you, you need that kind of quality in those moments to go uh, win those games when they're tight and when they're, you know, you look at Coventry as a really well-established side that went on and reached the uh, the playoff final last season with still a good core of that group there, despite losing the, the two players that they did. So it just felt almost a bit like a standard game. It's one that I think that a lot of people, even us, could say we, we take these for granted a little bit at the moment, uh, just in terms of the levels that they're hitting. And because Town, I think, based on the quality that they're showing, just show... Um, 
yeah, they show that they're a level or two apart, and that doesn't mean that it's any easier um, mm. than it actually is, even if it did end up looking at quite a, a tight scoreline at the end, I think. Um, Coventry were good, but I think 2-0 would have been a fairly um, yeah, fairly fair result, and, and the own goal at the end was a little bit, A, unfortunate, and B, a little bit controversial. Yeah, we'll come on to that in due course. You, you mentioned George Hurst there. I want to have a, a little chat around around him because I think he's uh, someone who maybe is a little under underappreciated. But let's let's hear from George about his goal first of all. Talk us through the goal then. It's like a lovely ball from uh, Nathan Broadhead, yeah. but we know how you want to improve the goal tally. It must have been a really nice one for you today. Yeah, it was, as soon as Broadhead gets turned, that's sort of my cue to you know get my shoulders down a pitch and get on my bike, which which I did, and, and, and Broadhead's got the quality to find me nine times out of ten. So. He did today, sort of, yeah, got myself in that position and just sort of keeping my composure to, to slide it past the goalkeeper and, yes, yeah, so I was uh, pretty happy with that one. Yeah, showing your strength as well to kind of yeah. shove off the defender, kind of, I always feel like a difficult thing to make sure you don't foul the man as well. Yeah. You've got a perfect balance there with that one. Yeah, it's, like I say, I'm a big lad, so I sort of need to need to use my body at times and it's it's one of those things that the, the coaching staff have been, been on to me about, you know, making, being more physical and sort of using my body to my advantage a little bit more and, yeah, so I feel like I'm sort of starting to try and get my head around that a little bit more. A couple of notes before we get going on George Hurst. A, I love the fact he's just wearing short sleeves, no gloves, no no under armour, nothing under underneath the kit. For him, this is warm. He's from the north. He's he's more than used to this. I think there's actually some quotes, isn't there, from him <clears> after the game, AJ, where he says, this is just basically a normal day for me. If you're cold, just do a bit more running. What's wrong with you? Um, and secondly now, Rossi, that's five goals and five assists. George Hurst. He's a guy who is so important to this team and yet I think it's easy because he maybe doesn't score that many goals um, and he's not the superstar striker. It, it maybe goes a little bit under the radar. Is, would you say that's fair? Because he, he works so hard every game for the team and it, I'm not sure that without Hurst I'm not sure that this team kind of works in the way that it does. Yeah, because that's, that's his role. You know, you're not got a 20, 30 goal a season striker there because you've got someone who just works hard for the team, builds up mm. the play, holds up the play really well. Um, quickly go back to the um, him not, you know, not wearing any underarm or any gloves. Fair play to the whole town outfield 10 because none of them wore gloves. Which 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 was brilliant, you know. Of course, Vaz has to wear gloves; he's a goalie. But, um, <laughs> that would be a statement. He comes out without gloves on. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> going back to the going back to the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, now, goalie. Um, but that's one. That's one thing I just sort of looked at and went, "Fair play, town." Because Coventry, I think they most of their team had gloves on. I was like, "Come on, come on, Coventry." Come on. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. I think it was. But then I think Harness and Jackson, when they came on, I think they were wearing gloves. So. You know, they they let the team team down there with, you know, <laughs> you know, but um, but nah, he's just he's been he's just been fantastic, George Hurst, and I, I think he does get appreciated by by town fans, but I think there's sometimes where some fans went, oh, wanting to score, wanting to score, but we've got other players scoring. This team they share the load with their, with their goal scoring. Yeah. Um, but he, he, honestly though, if he's one on one with a goalkeeper, he's scoring every time because that goal he scored was just a lovely finish. And mm. he is honestly becoming one of my favourite players to watch because he's just he works hard, and he's just he's ready to to pounce when when he gets the opportunity. He's a player that's easy to love, isn't he? Because he works so hard. Like I think fans see that, and it's kind of a visceral thing, isn't it? You can see how hard he's working all the time. Uh, anything anything to add on the on the Hurst front there, AJ? What do you make him as a player and uh, within this side? I think. Well, I'm going to bring up some stats. You know, yes. I think in terms of his... Um, stats. The, 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 well, I, I actually am not 100% sure on the number. I've seen it, though, and I'll maybe there'll be something to do on this, but uh, I know that he is missing quite a lot of chances in terms of, you look at the, the figure on that, the XG missed, the chances missed. It's quite high compared to the rest... Stop it, Ross. It's, it's quite high compared to the rest of the... A, the, the strikers, and B, the rest of the division, but I don't think it matters because at the end of the day, that's the kind of... Ross is just going. Not <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is that you can use it to back up some points with these stats and others. It just, it, yeah, it, it's one of those where it shows that Town are creating a lot, and I think that is maybe where some of those frustrations come because there is maybe a, a chance where he's going back and he's looking at these, thinking, oh, I, I really do feel like I could be hitting some absolutely huge numbers here. Um, and I think that is something when you speak to him 
and you say, well, you know, you're doing this incredible work off the ball and, and you're, you've got so many different facets to your game. He's like, yeah, I'm really happy with that. I also still want to score more goals. Mm. Um, shows a lot about the character and person that he is. I mean, he comes from a football background. He's probably got his dad in his ear saying that to him every single week. Maybe his dad's got like the chances missed uh, powered up and uh, showing him that he needs to be uh, more clinical in front of the goal. But the way that Town share the goals out, it doesn't matter within the context of this team, within the way that the players behind him are also chipping in, not just in terms of the, the three behind in, in uh, Broadhead, in Burns and with Chaplin, but also you even look at contributions now from Luongo and you look at defenders scoring, Brandon Williams running from the halfway line, one that we also shouldn't ignore against mm. Preston, things like that. This coming from everywhere and within that, it's not too important on the collective level. Maybe one he'll want to improve on the uh, personal side. Mm. It's not unreasonable to think either, is it, that George Hurst might end the season with a double-double in terms of goals and assists, which would be lovely. Um, obviously, I said that about Broadhead at the start of the season. That may happen as well. Um, stats, beautiful stats all over the place, AJ. That will make you happy. Um, what else do you want to highlight from this game then? There's obviously a couple of things in terms of um, negatives, with the suspensions with um, Luongo and Williams, both going to miss the, the trip to Middlesbrough this weekend. Um, and the second half, maybe not quite hitting the heights of the, of the first. Clearly, Coventry had chances to get back in it. AJ, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, Um Quick note on one positive a player that I thought was really good. Maybe, again, we talk about players going under the radar. Sam Morsey, that first half, I thought was excellent. The way that he was just, I like him being the metronome in the middle. Mm. Everything goes through him. Um, when he has the license to push forward, which he did a little bit more in this game, um, and I think that that's maybe the switch between home and away. In the away games, he's got a different role. It's, it's more defensive and it's a bit harder for him. But this one, when he has the license to go forward, Unbelievable. Um, thought he was really, really good. Um, yeah, second half, there were maybe some similarities to the Millwall game in terms of the fact that it was one where well, Coventry made three changes at half time. There was an improvement. Um, they had a goal ruled out for offside as well at one point. Um, but I just felt that they were really lacking in terms of the finishing. It's probably something that I've seen Coventry deal with quite a bit. Ellis Sims hasn't really hit the height. I know that he came on late on. Um, Hadji Wright um, was, is Hadji Wright, isn't it? Yeah, he was yeah. a player that's um, come for a lot of money and he shows all the right things up until when he has to stick it in the net and that's when he struggles. He did it um, on Saturday and then the, the flag got raised offside. It seems to be a bit of a running theme for him. Um, it, yeah, it just felt like one where Coventry were doing all the right things till they needed to stick it into the net, to be honest. Um and then the, the mistakes kind of, in a sense, came from Town's own undoing. I guess the the own goal in itself is maybe an unfortunate kind of side note, and you can talk about the foul and all those kind of things. It didn't matter at the end of the day. The penalty incident may be a little bit different, um, which is when Clark goes in on Sakamoto, sticks a leg out. Sakamoto makes a meal of it. But it, he was all over the place. It was um, really quite uh, yeah amateur dramatics. But it's probably a foul. Yeah, it's a penalty, I think. Yeah. yeah, he does make a lot of it, but it is a penalty. I yeah, think. and then, yeah, sometimes you need those slices of luck. If that goes in, if Matty Gordon, who's so good from the spot, goes and smacks it into the back of the net, you're looking at a totally different game. But it didn't and then doesn't really change the outcome too much. And uh, it, it kind of goes back to until stoppage time becoming quite a easy game for town to manage, I think. Mm. Should we talk a little bit? We know that um, there's going to be a couple of key players missing next weekend, mm. Rossi. Luongo is clearly going to be a big miss. I want to talk a little bit about Harry Clark, though, because um, Terry Hunt sang his praises in, in his column this morning, saying that um, normally, obviously, missing Williams would be a big miss. But Harry Clark has been playing well in recent times. You know, Williams has been out the side with the illness and whatnot. Um, what, what what do you, you, you kind of, <laughs> you're, like, yeah, you're not convinced really on Harry Clark. Is that what you're saying? Uh, there's just some moments where I just feel. He can be a liability, but then there's times where I'm like, no, he's actually really good. Um, once again, you put the, the Itchers Town hat on, you know, he's an Itchers mm. Town boy, you know, what, what season he had last year coming in January. There's been a few question marks this year. I looked at him and go, oh, his defensive work there is not great and he sort of can get found out. Um, but he has improved the last few games, to be fair. So Terry is right there. Um, but that is a position maybe we'd have to look at maybe in January because, you know, you don't want to have that to be as an important side to our game. Um, 
but no, I think Harry, he's still a young lad. He's still he's still working. He's still working on on different roles, and obviously he's still learning the McKenna way. I know he's been here since January, but I think how that role is it keeps evolving, keeps changing. Um, and obviously, you know, Leif Davis is is just unbelievable on the left. On the right, you're not going to have the same there. And obviously, Harry Clark, he's had Brandon Williams to battle with, so he's been in and out of the squad the last few months. Hmm. Um, but yeah. He, Going back to the original point, me going like that, I, it was a bit harsh, really, for me there because you know he he just had a few wobbles, in my opinion, where I just felt, oh, he's you know he's not the, the Harry Clark we've been used to. Mm. Um, but we shall wait and see. But um, yeah, he's a he's a player that you know he's got a big future ahead of him if he keeps on the road he's currently on. Can we I talk? Think, uh, oh, sorry, Carol. Oh, sorry, I was going to say I think that he's hitting these kind of levels where he's being really solid and I kind of get to um, a stage, for example, with the player ratings where I look at him and go, he's done nothing wrong today. He's been really, really impressive and he's just looked really, really confident at the back. And then sometimes, just as I've got that idea in my head, there'll just be one moment and I don't necessarily always think that it comes from him. You look at the goal against Millwall last week, it's a cross that does come from his side so you need to get out quicker and make sure that it's closed down. Maybe I think that when you look at, the way that a lot of the goals, especially these kind of late consolation ones, they do often come down that right side. Is it one where he then needs to go and, and close down quicker? But it's, it's small moments. And I think it's just when you've got a, a player who's looking like he's starting to build up a bit more consistency after quite a nasty injury, it's hard to criticise that too much. And I think he will get back to fully the levels that we have seen him before. But at the same time, it's such a difficult position to fill. It's, it's so hard to be that kind of player. Leif Davis, you look on the other side, we've all spoken about was probably a Premier League player at the mm. moment. He's that kind of level. Um, if you want to be a really, really good fullback, it, it takes so much to, to go into that. And I think that Harry Clark's giving it one hell of a go to do that. You know, the next time you get to speak to Leif Davis, AJ, mm-hmm. can you ask him what his resting heart rate is? Because well, I think they'll have the monitor, won't so we can find. Well, he'll know. He'll know. They'll Hmm. know what their resting heart rate is. I reckon his resting heart rate must be in the kind of high thirties, low forties, because that guy is unbelievably fit. I think also we need a scan to make sure he's not got three lungs, because the guy never stops running. So fit. Um, So make sure you ask him that next time, just as an aside. Just, just an aside. I'd love to know um, what his resting heart rate is. Any any other notes from the game, boys? There's a chat I want to have around a, a certain substitute striker, which is maybe not game related. Anything else from the game before we move on to that? Yes. Uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be you know a little polite there, sir. I've got something to say. You're so polite. Uh, I know, very polite, very, very polite young man. All that jazz. Uh, now, it was cold. I just, I just want to say that it was cold. I'm just going yeah. to bring the British in us. It was bloody nippy, but. It was bloody nippy. Um, but it didn't affect the boys, did it? It didn't affect the team because they, you know, sort, sort of heated up the performance on the on the pitch, didn't they? They, you know, Absolutely. Fans, fans enjoyed it. So, uh, and Portman Road is becoming a, a place where it's the golden ticket, isn't it? Because of the, you know, you get entertainment goals and, you know, it's just the place to be at the moment. So, um, I'm sure, I know everyone's enjoying it. So, yeah. You've teed that up perfectly, Ross, almost as if you knew that we had a quote from George Hurst talking about playing at Portman Road. Good work. We've spoken about the kind of Portman Road factor quite a bit. You think there's maybe anywhere in the country at the moment where you'd have a better value for a season ticket? Yeah. It just feels like this is the place to be at the moment, doesn't it? It does. It's that, that's the environment we want to try and create. You know, it's, it's a cold day, so the least we can go out there is, is put, put on a show for, for the people who have come to the game. and. Yeah, we, we, we want to make this an exciting place to come and play. We want to make this somewhere that people want to come and watch. Um, whether you're from Ipswich or not, you, you know, you hear about Ipswich and you want to come and watch Ipswich play, um, which I think we're doing at the minute. We've created an environment here which is exciting for us as players to play in um, and hopefully exciting for the fans to watch. So uh, for us, it's just about keeping that going. Yeah, certainly um, one of the places to be. Great work, Rossi. I love George Hurst's accent as well, by the way. Lovely northern twang. Um, AJ, any, any other notes from the game? Uh, foul on Brandon Williams for the only yeah. goal. No one cares, <laughs> but it is, it is, and it's it's annoying, I think, that we'll touch on the suspensions, I guess, or we've had a little chat about them, but with Brandon, um, it's, it's one where it was just a bit of a nightmare game. I think you can blame him for the yellow card because it was stupid, it was needless, I don't want to go too harsh, but it was really poor from him. Mm. And I'm sure that he would have been told that quite a few times in the sense that it was the 88th minute and he lunged in. Didn't need to happen, given the fact that if he lasted one more game, the ban would have gone. Um, own goals, just 
really, really unfortunate and yeah, shouldn't have been given. But again, given the context, it's what one you can really care about or complain about too much. Just to I do. I bloody do. Oh yeah, okay, you it's might. Fault, but... Ladies and gentlemen, it's my fault for that going in because I was sort of hovering on our group chat because I, I predicted 2-0. So I was like, maximum points, got the first goal scorer. Yeah. I was hovering over... Um, a gloating a gloating message, was it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, eyes emoji, I think, on maybe AGA or something. What yeah. message, last message you put in. I was waiting for a while. It's like, I was like, I'm not going to do it just yet. It's five minutes out of time. But 94th minute hit, I thought, we're fine, surely. We've got the ball there. I think, I don't know, I think Harry Clark had the ball or whatever. And I was like, yeah, we're fine. Uh, I put the eyes emoji, I went, here we go, maximum points. By the time I did that, bloody had the ball was in the bloody back of the net. And I'm like, Oh. <laughs> but it's, it was big for Watson. I mean, yeah, was. Watson, Watson yeah. may not celebrate the Wes Burns goal, but I reckon he, he probably celebrated the own goal because that meant that he nailed the score, which uh, is a big. He didn't big... know until I um, until I told him because I, I kept I was like giving him subtle like checks and saying like, oh, this has happened, this has happened, and he just went, "You're really, you guys are really into this thing, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yes, it's important." <laughs> he does not care at all. I I did say, "Is it because you're bottom?" And he went, "No." So, he'll, care, he'll care when he gets more up if he's like exactly. if he's second and a few points away. Well, that's, that's a big result for Watson. That's the sort of yeah. thing that can, that can turn the season around. Um, and that that will he'll climb. I don't think he'll actually climb the table, but he'll he'll close some space certainly on me in, in third place. Um, friends, should we talk about that? I saw a friend of the show, Sweet Welsh Prince Harvey Davis, talking on Twitter about Freddie the Dapo and his future, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, we've not seen Freddie. I think since the West Brom game, um, he's not scored. I don't think since September. Uh, we've seen Dane Scarlett and and uh, Caden Jackson played instead of him in recent times. What do we think about Ladapo and his his role in the, in the team and maybe um, his future going forward, AJ? Because we know that he, what has he got? You think he's got four goals this season, hasn't he? So yeah. he has he has scored and he has you know clearly game against Cardiff was uh, was probably his, his best moment. Um, what do you make about what can we, can we take anything read anything into the fact we've maybe not seen him and maybe other players coming because it used to be Hurst comes off Ladapo comes on mm. and that seems to maybe be changing I think there's a few different bits I know he's had a, a running issue with his Achilles which did keep him out okay. for a bit it, it's yeah. not been something that has um, been a big issue recently because he's obviously been in, in squads and he came off the bench fairly recently but it has been one that has hampered him in the last few weeks and did keep him out. I think it was around the October international break coming back from that that mm. was um, the issue. So I think that's part of it. Um, can you read too much into it? Potentially. I mean, there was a lot of chat over the summer in terms of him maybe being the one to leave, especially when mm. Dane Scarlett came in quite late on. Part of me does wonder, Alex, conspiracy theorist here, we know that Dane Scarlett kind of had those talks about coming to Ipswich for a while. Was it one that if he had come in a little bit earlier, um, would Freddie have been uh, allowed to leave at that point? I don't know. Probably not. But you're now getting to this point where at his age as well, 30 years old, he will want to be playing consistent football, knowing that he is still at a, a kind of a physical peak as well. Um, and it's important not to well, to have more of a role than he has, especially when mm. you're then looking at Caden Jackson, a very unique kind of attacking player, Dane Scarlett, who probably has to have some minutes to, otherwise Big Ange is going to be hooking him back to North London. Um, so a hard one for him, definitely one to keep an eye on going into January, especially because there are kind of people thinking, well, could Town go in for another striker if they want to really go big in terms of having not necessarily someone to displace George Hurst at all, but maybe something of uh, a slightly different alternative. Mm. Do they go out and do they get someone that can uh, really be a, a proper competition and threat? Would that then boost George Hurst's attacking numbers if he really knew he had someone properly breathing down his neck? Mm. Um, that That's the dilemma. And it's also something that in January, I think town are going to be quite busy given the fact that half the squad are off to the Asian Cup by the sounds of it. Yeah. So there's a, a lot to focus on and it might just be a case of looking at priorities here. That's a conversation to have in the future, isn't it? Certainly the, <laughs> the January situation. Rossi, you got any thoughts on the Dapo? We know that Town very much a kind of squad game and McKenna will play players he thinks are suited to the scenario. Um, 
Any thoughts? Oh, big Fred, big Fred. What what a lad. What, what a smile. Uh, a great lad, a great lad. Yeah, but, you know, football is a ruthless business. You know, you can be, you know, a fan favourite last season and then this year, if you're not, you know, good enough for the championship, see you later, mate, because, you know, it's... We're currently second in the championship, and uh, that you know, players who are not maybe up to the standards, they, they go, don't they? Um, and I, I have a feeling that's probably the case with Big Fred, um, because he's you know, you can't you can't replace George Hurst at the moment. George Hurst is the starter, mm. um, so yeah, I think maybe his his future at the club is probably you know him maybe gone in January potentially, maybe we'll, we'll replace Big Fred with someone else. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think town fans are probably maybe 50-50 on it. Some are, like, not that fast. Some people will think, you know, he's a good squad player to have. But then, once again, we're only got 25, you know, man squad into it. And, you know, do you want maybe players who are more versatile, who can play different positions? Maybe that's a good thing with Dane Scarlett. He can play out mm. wide if needed. He can play in that 10 role if needed as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just it's one of those, isn't it? You know, some players... They just, I won't say get forgotten about, but I, I will admit, I, when I saw Big Fred warming up, I went, oh, yeah. But he plays for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. And, of course, we've got Ken Jackson, who can also play up top as well, and he can play on, out wide. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But we're going to have a few big talking points, aren't we, this end of this month and then going mm. into January with certain players. And I'm sure we could be to be linked with other signings as well. So, yeah, we shall wait and see. This next month is going to be so busy, isn't it, boys? So hectic before we even get to January. <clears throat> okay, let's move on then, shall we? Um, we talk about future there. We know something in town's future is an FA Cup third round clash. We don't know yet who they're going to be playing, though. The draw was yesterday. They'll be going to a lower league opposition. And they'll either be going to AFC Wimbledon of League Two or Ramsgate of the Isthmian League Southeast, basically the same level as, as Berry Town. Um, and Felix, though, and teams like that. Uh, Ross, your thoughts? That there, there, I've got to say, I was rather underwhelmed yesterday when when the draw, because obviously you're hoping for a big, big team, um, you know, Premier League side, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Norwich, even something like that. And then you get AFC Wimbledon or Ramsgate, and then AJ dropped in the chat. Ramsgate could be fun, and I was like, Ugh. but to be fair. Last season, we had a, a lovely little trip to Bracknell, didn't we, Rossi? We all enjoyed that. We had the Bracknell boys on the show. Um, so Ramsgate could be fun. And it could also mean, Rossi, a reunion with a, a former town player, £1.7 million town player. Yeah, Lee Martin. Lee Martin, who's um, dropped down the divisions. Um, you know, of course, left us back in maybe 2012, 2013, maybe something like that. So it was, yeah, mm. 10 years since he, he left the club. Um, but yeah, currently plays for Ramsgate because they're in Kent, aren't they? Based in Kent, Ramsgate, I think. Uh, eighth tier of English football. Um, they beat Woking in the previous round yeah. to, to get um, to, of course, to play Wimbledon. Um, I think I looked, you know, did some research on the ground. I think it's basically like Bracknell, the setup. I think it's only like 3,500, something like, you know, you know, attendance-wise capacity. Yeah. So, um, it, it, do you know what? It could be fun, you know, although... I'd rather have that in the first round when we, back in the day when we had to be in the first round of the cup because it's a nice little little bit of fun. In the yeah. third round, when you've got an opportunity to play maybe Premier League clubs, it's like, come on. But then I swear the FA Cup draw is always boring, though, isn't it? There's always boring draws. Like Liverpool-Arsenal, like... Yeah, like, the, yeah. That'll yeah. get on TV as well. Um, but no, it, it, it could be fun. But of course, yeah, Ramsgate have got to beat Wimbledon, who are, you know, I think they're doing... Mixed bag so far in League Two, Wimbledon. Tenth, a tenth in League Two, I can tell okay, you that. Not, not too, not too shabby. Um, they got a nice little setup though. Plough Lane, the new Plough Lane Stadium. So we went there the Burns night, Wes Burns night, where he scored the two goals. Um, we went there pre-season as well. I think it was it last, yeah, last pre-season, not this pre-season just gone, but the one before the third, the, the you know the, the League One season when we won promotion, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so nice little setup there, and yeah, it's an away game which. Another away trip on the cards, but uh, yeah, it should be interesting. AJ, you'll obviously be watching the game later on. Uh, yes, uh, you want to. You, you want Ramsgate though, don't you? That's what you want—a little trip to. Ramsgate. I think so. For starters, I, I get Ross's point, but are we just ignoring the fact that with the, you know draws being rubbish? Newcastle, some of them Newcastle. 
First time in four years. No, really? Okay, my, fair my, enough. My no, no, I mean, my bad. I forgot about that. That is actually okay. a quality draw. That is, a, a, draw. That is oh. a good draw. But I think that the point about Premier League sides facing each other in the FA Cup, yeah, everyone's absolutely. like, Fleur. and then invariably they get picked up to go on TV, don't they? And you just think, yeah, waste of time. I think that there are big positives of this draw in the sense that do you really want to be going to a Premier League side just after what is going to be an absolutely torrid December in terms of games? We've already yeah. got so many big yeah, games. Why not? Do you <laughs> then want to then go to Stoke, have a week off and think, right, I might get, especially when you think about the fact that it's probably going to be a fairly heavily rotated squad regardless of who town play. Mm. You've got players that can come out of this run in December, have maybe a little bit of a breather going into, oh god, I can't remember what the game is after that one. Um, Sunderland at home. Wow, so they're going to come straight into into that mm. game off the Newcastle game. But you come straight into that. If you've then the previous week gone to Old Trafford or played Man City or anything like that, you're, you're just keeping everything going. Whereas if you're then going to Ramsgate, you're going to Wimbledon, you've got rotation, you've got the fact that players are going to be much fresher. Um, it's just a really good balance to to have in that and as well with it being an away game it's two away games and three home in that month look it could have been better sure but i don't think it's one where anyone's going to be like massively disappointed with it and hopefully a, a good route to get into the fourth round too friend of the show number one old dj over in uh, in jacksonville in america made a good point actually he said that the best thing about it is if it, clearly, it's a winnable tie, and it, when town go, if and when town go through, it means that a league game will be postponed, which will be in that kind of that taxing period. Where I think um, it'll be Leicester. Yeah, well, would it? Okay, top of my head, and as well, yeah, it would be. Oh no, it wouldn't. Sorry, I've ruined everyone's day. It's going to be Rotherham at home, I think. Uh, okay. But it's another league game that people that will get postponed as well when and could be rearranged when we have more players there in terms of masses exactly. away in terms of. Yeah. Burgess, you know, Burgess Elkin Baggett, all those kind of players. Those key players, absolutely. Okay, let's see if they come We'll find out tonight then who Town are going to play in the third round. Alex will be watching it, so follow him on Twitter for his thoughts on the game and obviously he'll update uh, online in the game. Uh, we're just coming up to the hour now, boys. Just one more thing I want to talk about on this week's show, or this first week's show, is Norwich City, because we are a week Saturday is the derby. A couple of games before then, clearly, but we're all, we're all thinking about it, aren't we? Let's be honest. Um, and Norwich are, uh, having been really struggling, they're, they're currently embarking a little bit of a mini resurgence, which I think is actually quite good from a town point of view, because A, it means Wagner's probably still going to be there, and B, you kind of want them to be in some sort of form going into the game. Um, any any thoughts on what's going on at Norwich? They had an extraordinary AGM last week, AJ, didn't they? Uh, with, with Delia Smith labelling 20% of their fans moaners, which... When you start having a pop at the fans, is is never really um, a good look. Hmm. How, how you how are you feeling about things going on down the road? Yeah, the AGM was interesting. Um, I don't know if Delia had had a sherry or two before going into that one, but the whole thing was it almost felt like some sort of sitcom. Like if you can just imagine how not to run a football club, it feels like I know that you say it feels like some of the scenes that had been there. Yeah, that we've seen at town in some recent years maybe translated up the road. Um, yeah, I think it is good in a way that they've hit some form because I think that the results almost create a little bit of a false confidence. Um, mm. I'm not saying that they haven't got positives to take from them, but I know that you looked at the Bristol City game yesterday, for example, I don't think they were wonderful and it took a last-minute goal to, to give them the three points, which is, yeah, a good result, but if that's not then being backed up by the performance and you're going to go to a team in town that hopefully can you know do both and have been doing both for such a long time, um, then, yeah, that kind of false confidence, I think, will be really good. Um, other than that, it's just going to be a case of seeing how they kind of land over the next couple of games. Uh, I know that they've got can't remember what their game is this weekend, but I know they've um, got a home tie against Sheffield Wednesday going into the, the Derby game. Um, they play on the Wednesday, don't they? So they have a, a day. Yes, a day they have a, a day less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're yeah. obviously going to be the visitors. So there's different factors that come into it. Um, it's not like they've got too far to go, though, let's be honest. But um, 
yeah, if they're feeling it in their legs a little bit more, can't complain. And yeah, just really going to be a case of seeing how it goes over the next two because it could be one where it's totally swayed. They go get pumped in their next two games and this resurgent Sheffield Wednesday side, for example, next week goes to three past them at Carrow Road. We totally change the complexion, but at the moment, um, yeah, we never always like to see town, oh, sorry, to see um, Norwich doing too well, but um, maybe not one to, to be too drawn up, uh, uh, drawn into in terms of them coming in with any sort of confidence uh, going into the derby. Mm. Rossi, how are you feeling about the derby? I know it's, a, it's still a couple of games away, but we, we're all thinking about it, let's be honest. Yeah, it's a big talking point. You know, we're a group of, you know, when I play five-a-side, eight-a-side, there's always something like, yeah, are you ready for it, boys, and stuff like that. Um, I know it was once again a, a ticket that everyone was wanting to get if they weren't a season to get older already. Um, obviously, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be it's going to be it's just massive it's massive boys and um one thing i uh, someone put out on twitter it's actually the second year anniversary of kieran mckenna getting appointed manager that day the 16th of december is it so yeah i just quickly just quickly did the research quickly now yeah 16th of december when the official like kieran mckenna appointed so uh yeah makes it even more 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 special hopefully a nice little Present for McKenna there to get a win, and is that of definitely not... right? Is that definitely right? Because I know the Friday, the fifteenth, is the two-year anniversary of the Barrow debacle. Mm-hmm. So McKenna was appointed the day after that, was he? I can't re- yeah. really remember the the day. Yeah, it's all 16th. kind of mulled into one. Oh, that's interesting. Another little twist, another little extra yeah. bit of spice added to that mix. Then Rossi, uh, superb stuff. Obviously, we'll be bringing a lot of stuff related to the derby, as you'd expect, um, friends. That brings us to an hour. Um, so we better start wrapping things up. I just want to remind you, friends, that um, in terms of our digital subscriptions, um, I mentioned the the Christmas uh, rush there, and obviously the derby. There are lots of lots of big games for town in December, um, and we are offering a Christmas offer for you. If you've not signed up yet, we know thousands of you have, and we very much appreciate that. You can now get three months of our coverage for just three pounds in December, um, which obviously will cover December and then that January February. Um, tough run as well uh, also i should mention that as part of that if you're a subscriber friends you get access to exclusive Ipswich town competitions and the one that's running in december for existing subscribers is these babies right here this is 200 quids worth of vouchers for Ipswich town's club shop um there are two lots of 100 pound vouchers up for grabs if you're an existing subscriber um so that's just one of the <clears throat> one of the perks you get of, of signing up as well as all clearly all the excellent content and ross reviewing food at, at games and that kind of stuff and also friends a reminder to support our other sponsor our other sponsor our only sponsor manscaped I'll come on to the other sponsor in a minute manscaped um use the code uh koa at manscaped.com for 20 off and free delivery and they've just launched this baby the lawnmower 5.0 ultra which is their new intimate shaver i'll just give you a little Look at this, another little box that, and then you get this. This one has got numerous different heads for uh, various hairs. Uh, and also, friends, it's got, I'm going to show you this. Two, oh, disaster. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he turns it on. Right, it's got, uh, where are we? It's got two different light settings. Do you see that? Oh, nice. That's coming out. It's got two different light settings. It is more impressive than that, friends. You can do it in the dark, yeah? You can do it in the dark. Oh, yeah, well, you can do it in the dark. <laughs> don't, yeah. shave in the dark. Yeah, don't shave in the dark. Sounds horrible. <laughs> but uh, that's that. I would highly recommend that. So as I say, coming up to Christmas, use the code KOA. Manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. And also we have to say a big thank you to our now former sponsor, Ginger Pickle. Um, Tony and the boys at Ginger Pickle have moved on to pastures new. He explained to me that's because we're too cool for them essentially, which I have to agree with Tony, to be honest. Um, but obviously, thanks so much, Tony, for supporting the show. Uh, I know you'll always be uh, a listener and it was great to have you on board. And hopefully in the future, we may even tempt you back. Um, but we'll see. But thanks very much for your support, Tony. Much appreciated. Friends, we better get on with our Monday, haven't we? It's half 11 now, Monday morning. Anything else to mention, boys? Any other business before we, uh, we take our leave? I uh, just want to shout out to the, uh, the Tractor Girls. Um, they got a... Uh... A draw, they had to score a late, late goal to get a point against Billy Ricky and Natasha Thomas um, score on there. Um, a bit of a frustrating game, really. Um, maybe a bit of a disappointing result in terms of Billy Ricky's record and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, a 2-2 draw. And um, as of this moment, I'm still in talks with a new co-host because, of course, Blue Wilson, um, of course, the part of the club, 
the, the club captain, my co-host. So um, currently in talks with a new co-host for the Tractor Girls Talk. So uh, we shall let you know when it happens. Ooh, who's that going to be? Interesting. Um, anything else to mention from you, AJ? I'm going to step in with a Ross thing here, and I'd like to point to the FA Youth Cup tomorrow, ah, which yes. I think is one that we should uh, drop. Who they got again? Ross, Swansea, you want to run yeah, Swansea. Yeah. Um, one that they played Swansea recently. Was that the yeah, under twenty one? Yeah, under Oh yes, twenty ones and eighteens is the youth cup. I'm still getting scripts with these a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be an interesting test. And they're going to be at Portman Road, and you're going to be at Portman Road. So um, yeah, that sounds like quite a good one. Rossi's going to pen a preview, which will be available tomorrow, and Rossi will be there tomorrow night, covering, taking pictures, and writing report. Ross. An all-rounder you're turning into now, a triple threat. Um, so, yeah, follow that all with us. Uh, as I say, remember, to, to if you haven't already signed up, use that uh, £3 for three months offer. That's a, that's a good offer, I would say, for all the stuff we're going to be bringing you in December and going forward. Um, friends, usual reminder then, I've mentioned our sponsor, Manscaped. If you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that'd be lovely because it just lifts us visibility-wise in the charts and helps more people find us. And I thought I'd finish the show this week, friends, with a hot take. We like hot takes on this show, don't we? We saw Rossi. Last week, we realised his hot take had, had died, which I thought was a beautiful moment on game day. My hot take, friends, this is a massive call, I reckon. I want to get your take on this. I don't think, friends, Town are going to be relegated this season. <gasps> I think they're safe. I'm putting my neck on the line. Do you reckon that's that's bold? Uh, there's a long way to go. And I think <laughs> here in McKenna terms, you're not allowed to look at the table. We don't look at the table. Uh, we don't think about the table. What table? Exactly. But I reckon, I reckon Tan are going to be all right. I reckon they're going to be safe. Anyway, friends, the week has started. Another win in the books. An amazing goal we've spent 20 minutes talking about. Hope you enjoyed that. Let us know what you think is the best town goal you've ever seen. Um, and yeah, we'll be back hopefully later on this week to talk about the big trip to Middlesbrough. Have a great start to the week, friends, and we'll speak to you next time. <laughs>